Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Parenthood Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things parenting, brought to you by... The bump class. So we're in the middle of this series about the first year of your baby's life and having talked about your recovery in hospital we're now going to talk about what it's like bringing your baby home, some of the emotions and anxieties you might feel, some of the challenges you might have um, and how to enjoy those precious early days. I'm joined here by my co-founder and sister Kiara Hunt, Dr. Kiara Hunt, GP, mother of two. Do you, do you remember much about those early days of bringing your babies home, Kiara? Yeah, I definitely you know, even though I'm a doctor and I've delivered babies and looked after lots of them, it's still such an emotional experience when you bring your own baby home for the first time. You sort of, I remember feeling like I'd sort of stolen something from the hospital because we'd gone in as two and came out as three. But yeah, I think, you know, whoever you are, it's an emotional and quite overwhelming experience. You're not quite sure if you're qualified enough to look after this little thing. That's did so even you precious. feel that having like delivered yes. babies, looking after babies in a professional capacity? Yeah. Did you doubt yourself and think, am I making the right decision? Absolutely. And I think every parent does. And I've spoken to pediatricians who are so experienced in looking after very sick babies who felt, have felt nervous um, bringing their baby home. So um, I think it's completely normal. We have a lot of reports of um, new fathers driving their families home at literally sort of seven miles an hour because they're so worried about their precious cargo and then you've got sort of irate lorry drivers behind them honking their horns yeah uh, but it's it, it is amazing how how different it is and as Kiara said you do have loads of worries I think the crucial thing is instinctively we're all sort of cut out to be parents and um, try not to interpret those doubts as um, not knowing I think it's just normal for us to really overthink things and to, to worry especially in those early days yeah trust your instincts you, you're a mother and your maternal instinct will be strong even if you don't think it will be <laughs> so ideally um you want to get home and stay in your pajamas that's the sort of recommendation we give because the problem is is that certainly in the uk you're discharged from hospital really really quite quickly much quicker than our parents were our grandparents were and much more quickly than actually a lot of the rest of the world so just because you've been discharged from hospital doesn't mean that's the green light to go ahead and resume your life what we usually recommend is that women get into their pajamas when they get home not because you have to stay in bed and that's that i think it's more that if you're in your pajamas you're more likely to sort of think okay i'm in recovery mode i'm going to take the time to take things slowly spend a lot of time in bed sleep 
in the middle of the day, that's really, really important. We're going to come on to sleep a bit later. Um, but I think that's all much more likely than if you're in your pajamas. Um, if yeah, you're and up I think, and dressed, yeah. you sort of go out and do stuff, which is not what you need. Yeah, well, look, I mean, those first that first week or two is really about hunkering down with your baby and you know, learning about your baby, getting breastfeeding established, if that's what you're doing. Lots of cuddles, lots of sleep, recovering from the birth, recovering from the sort of prospect of the next few months of being quite sleep deprived and sort of getting better recovering is the right word for it yeah. even if you've Adjusting. had a really straight straightforward birth you still need to recover from it and and settle into life as a mother so um i so think it's, it's also useful just to paint a little bit of a picture about how new mothers specifically are going to feel in those early weeks um, because it's slightly nothing quite prepares you um but i think on the one hand you know you're so excited you've got a baby that you are falling head over heels in love with you're extremely happy um, a lot of people are texting you or calling you or sending you little cards and presents to say congratulations um, a lot of mothers say they feel that they have a sort of overwhelming love for the father of their child um, um, which uh, I wonder if it's sort of hormonal. I bet it is a sort of instinctive thing left over from the days when, you know, we were stronger as a family unit if, if men were around. Yeah, I think so. You want to keep the men around uh, from a natural <laughs> nice selection point of view. But at the same time, um, it's not all such a bed of roses. And I think probably at the core of the hardship is the tiredness, is the fatigue. You will feel so tired however your baby is born. I mean, it's, it's normal, certainly for first-time labours, uh, to take, 24 to 48 hours and you know it it's called labor for a reason it's not called a walk in the park it's hard but even if it wasn't hard the fact that you're unlikely to have slept for those 24 to 48 hours means that you're going to be incredibly tired add then into the fact a newborn baby that needs to be fed really at least every three to four hours and that's from the beginning of one feed to the beginning of the next feed and the feeds alone can take an hour by the time you've, you know, burped them and make sure they've drunk enough. You know, it, it is exhausting. It's relentless. And, um, but you've got that adrenaline at the beginning when you come home from the hospital for that first week or so. And I think, you know, the tiredness, you know, is there definitely, but it, you know, it kicks in often after that first week when you've been at home and you've got that, you know, you, you've had all that excitement and everyone's there to look after you. And then suddenly you're, you're a bit more on your own yeah. and the, the sleep deprivation sort of builds up and you yeah. feel more and more tired. So. And we'll talk a bit about sleep um, in a minute. Um, I think every mother feels overwhelmed, doubts yeah. all their decisions. Again, that's really normal. Teary for no reason. That's very, very common, uh, isn't it, Kiara? I mean, the baby blues hits about day three or day four. Yeah, that's right. So um, there's all sorts of hormone changes going on um, after your baby's born. And um, you, if you think about the hormones needed to you know, change from being pregnant to being not pregnant and then to stimulate your milk coming in uh, are huge. And in the same way as you get hormone changes when you get your period every month uh, or if you go through the menopause, you, you do when you've, when you've just had a baby. So day three to five or so, you might get what we call the baby blues, really common, about 80% of mothers do get them. And it's feeling teary and emotional for no reason. Um, you know, often mothers will say to me, I've been crying all day, but I feel really happy. Uh, I don't feel sad, but, you know, little things will trigger it. You know, something really benign, um, like dropping your toothbrush on the floor or, um, you know, something not going quite Burning as planned. Toast. Yeah. It's really, um, really. So it is normal to be in tears in the, that first week from time to time. And don't worry about it. 
Um, sore, you know, people are often very, very sore as well. So um, as we talked about in our last episode, um, post-vaginal birth, you're sort of sore all over your body, not just your undercarriage. Um, and that can usually persist for, you know, a good sort of week or so. Um, as we mentioned before, take painkillers. But just being in pain is also quite exhausting and it's going to sort of alter how you feel. The other thing um, is that at night you tend to get plagued by the night sweat. So this is something no one told me about before I had uh, my son. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night absolutely drenched in sweat. I mean, so much so that I had to change what I was wearing. Um, and I thought, what is this? Is this early menopause? I'd never really heard about sort of sweats before. But it is totally, totally normal. So it is, again, you can blame the hormones um, for this sweating. Yeah, so um, for the same reason. As I just mentioned, you know, there's hormone changes when your milk comes in, affect your mood and, and, and will cause you for the same reason as they do in the menopause. Um, it's the change of hormones that triggers this. So um, you are not going through the menopause. Don't worry about that. Um, but but the sweats will probably go on for, for a week or so. And it's completely normal. But just sort of be, if you're a bit prepared for it, uh, it can make life a bit easier. I mean, some women describe sweating so much that they're needing to change their be- their bedclothes, their sheets and their, and their um, you know, what they're sleeping in. Uh, during the night so if you if you are sweating that much then it's worth putting a towel down sleeping on a towel so you can just whip that out and change it when you when you wake in the night if you need to and change your what you're sleeping in yeah and something like to sleep in when you're sort of choosing what what you're going to sleep in at night which will need some support for sort of breast pads um, you'll definitely want to wear something with sort of a strappy top or very very short sleeves certainly nothing long sleeved and when you're looking at a material something that dries quickly like a sort of cotton jersey as opposed to something that's a bit more sort of uh, less less absorbent I suppose yeah that's right the other thing that I think few women are prepared for is the first time they see themselves naked um, around the time that they uh, have a shower for the first time and I do think it's quite a shock your body often looks a bit sort of battle worn and I think it's really important to understand what's gone on to prepare yourself for it so that you're not too shocked or sort of dismayed when you finally finally see your your naked self for the first time Um, so I think the big thing is a tummy people think there's a huge mistake conception that you have your baby and it sort of pings back to what it was your tummy um, that's not the case the main reason for that is that your uterus has expanded hugely so a woman's uterus is usually about the size of a fist when she's not pregnant but during the pregnancy it's expanded to around the size of a watermelon to accommodate your baby and the placenta and the amniotic fluid and it's a muscle that after the baby is delivered will shrink down but it doesn't shrink down instantly it takes a good few weeks so in the days after you've given birth you'll have a bump that looks like you were about six months pregnant but it's not like it was when you were six months pregnant unfortunately um you know when you were six months pregnant you had this lovely taut bump full of life and promise and excitement and now it's sort of slightly empty quite floppy skin is sort of quite crepe papery um yeah because it's stretched hasn't it it's stretched when you're pregnant and the skin doesn't just go straight back to normal it it goes back slowly so it does look horrible like crepe paper but it's not always going to look like that it will get better and go back to normal exactly your 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 boobs too will sort of look alarmingly big especially if your milk's come in um and very often if you don't have any clothes on you will actually notice there's a bit of milk sort of seeping out of it which doesn't 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 add add to the look look. (laughs) (laughs) um but i think it's very easy sort of instantly to think oh 
gosh, what, what, what's been left with me? But actually, if you think about what your body's done, if you think about the amazing thing it's done, growing a whole new human, you know, not only just the, the physical part of a baby, but, you know, their, their organs, their brains, the fact that you have nurtured the most sophisticated form of life in your uterus. I think that's incredible. And if you think about it like that, I think it's pretty amazing that uh, that our bodies sort of emerge as they do. So rather than sort of tearfully look at yourself in the mirror, I'd say just get into the shower or the bath, have a lovely bath, use some nice shower gel. And then when you get out, just think about the amazing thing your body's done and give your baby a big cuddle. And remember that it gets better quickly. It and does. actually, you look at most women who've had babies and eventually their bodies do go back to as they were before. Uh, and for some people, it's quicker. And for some people, it takes a bit longer. But um, I think cut your body a bit of slack and, uh, and, and just certainly ignore the way it looks for the first few weeks. I think a sort of caveat to uh, getting out of the shower, you know, whereas before you were you were pregnant, you might have sort of spent a bit of time putting some nice body lotion on. Um, afterwards, it is um, a bit more of a yeah routine, isn't it? You've got to put your pants on, get your pad in, yeah. bra on, breast pads in. Yeah, it's a bit of a military operation for the first few weeks. But again, that doesn't stay like that forever. But it, um, it can be a bit of a shock when you sort of when you realize life has changed quite a lot. Absolutely. So the recommendation is that your baby should stay sort of with you for the first six months. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's going to slightly depend family to family. But, um, but yes, that's, that's the recommendation. And also babies need a lot of attention. They do. And you're feeding them in the night. Actually, you don't want to be, you know, traipsing into another room um, to feed them. It's much easier just to lift them out of their basket, feed them and put them back again. So, um, and, you know, you're going to be doing that every three to four hours or so in the early days. I think the other kind of thing to, to bear in mind is that you shouldn't overstimulate your baby, especially in those early days. If you think about the shock they've had being born and what, how exciting it is every time they open their eyes and sort of start to, to see, start to perfect their vision, start to you know notice light and dark and shadows and hear sounds and smells so much more intensely than they're used to. That in itself is the most exciting thing for them. It is too early to introduce toys. You need to wait a few months for that. I think there's a big misconception that babies need toys as soon as they're born. Yeah, or stimuli like, like colorful mobiles with songs coming out of them and tunes. And, and that actually is often, yeah, as you say a bit overstimulating for a baby and they can often get quite um quite um unsettled if they have too much of that so just keep it nice and calm for the early weeks and there'll come a point where they'll love all that you know by the time your baby's at three three months or so they will you know the, the, the the more garish the better the louder the music the better but early days keep it quiet keep it calm so in terms of your recovery at, at home, um, as, as Kiara alluded to, um, the fact that, you know, the week, the first week goes by, the second week gets by. And the one thing you'll probably notice that feeding is becoming a little bit more efficient, but you are getting tireder and tireder because you're probably going to be up a lot of the night because your baby, even though he's becoming more efficient at feeding, is still taking a long time to feed. And if you're up you know, twice or three times in the night, then that can, uh, that will make you very, very tired. Um, and you're also recovering from labor, which, you know, and, and pregnancy. Um, a lot of mothers are also quite anxious because babies are noisy sleepers. So, you know, you might well be waking up quite a lot in the night, not because your baby's waking up, but because they've sneezed or they've coughed, which is very normal. They're just clearing out their airways. Uh, and for those of us that don't go back to sleep very easily, um, that might be, uh, that might have a real impact. So that's the reason why people 
feel so tired. Uh, I don't, in fact, I don't think there's a mother around who who doesn't who doesn't feel exhausted after yeah. her baby's born. Yeah, I think so. So you know, use any help you can get if you've got family, friends, anyone sort of uh, you know paternity leave your partner, anyone offering to help. You know, take them up on it. Use the, any help you can get to sleep and to catch up as much as you can. Um, you'll probably find that with subsequent babies, help is usually slightly less uh, quickly offered. <laughs> so as first baby, um, use it as much as you can. But um, And then do be disciplined with the sleep. You know, don't think, oh, actually, I'd rather you know create a you know, baby announcement card or whatever you know that that's obviously something you'll you might want to do but at the same time sleep is so much more important so try and be really disciplined with the sleep and make that your number one priority well, just try and make it a routine in your day you know until your baby's sleeping through the night which obviously is different depending on on individual babies but until your baby's sleeping at night you should really still be sleeping in the day having a nap in the day at some point um and and if you don't you generally find that it catches up on up up to you at about sort of three months or so a lot of mothers report feeling that they're most tired at about three months when the baby's about three months old so um, try not to let it get to that the other thing that will probably really affect your well-being is food diet eating enough um, if you're breastfeeding you will need to eat um, extra calories to sustain the milk that you're producing for your baby and actually it's much more than you would need in in pregnancy they estimate that up to about 700 extra calories uh, per day is needed for a breastfeeding mother um, compare that to sort of not really any more in pregnancy well they say in the last trimester maybe 100 more but you know it's a lot more than you would be recommended to eat in your pregnancy so you know uh, you won't want to be eating too much obviously but you do need to eat enough to produce the milk that you need to be giving to your baby. So just bear that in mind. And, and, and a lot of mothers feel that they've got no inclination to cook or they don't have time, they don't have the energy to cook, even just to scramble an egg. Um, so again, if there's anyone kind of willing to help you out, if, if your partner can just heat you up some soup or make you some toast, or if your mother is sort of around saying, I'd, I'd love to do something to help you. Or if you're still pregnant at the end of your pregnancy and you can sort of pre-cook a few meals and put it in the freezer, that's going to that's going to make a big difference when you're when you're home with the baby imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pelvic floor exercises are probably what you think you've been doing during your pregnancy and now you can forget them. But actually 
postnatally is the most important time to be doing pelvic floor exercises. So these are the sort of Kegel exercises, they're sometimes called, where you're sort of strengthening your pelvic floor, which has been put under sort of duress in your pregnancy um, and, and by the labor. And it's really important for women who um, have had babies either vaginally or by cesarean to strengthen up their pelvic floor after they've given birth. Now, this is such an important topic. We're actually, um, we have a whole episode just about the pelvic floor. But I think the message I want to get through to you now here is that you should be doing your pelvic floor exercises as soon as you remember postnatally. So as long as you haven't got a catheter in, then you can be doing your pelvic floor exercises and continue to do them. There's a brilliant app called Squeezy that just sort of prompts you to do them because most women find that it's not difficult doing them it's remembering to do them and ideally postnatally you should be aiming to do them six times a day so download that app and just make sure that you are doing them there's plenty of time you know when you're when you're the new mother you're going to be spending feeding your baby at least six times a day so there's sort of no excuse and it's the kind of thing that you will regret if you don't do yeah no i totally agree with that and we'll have um we'll have some expert advice about that in the podcast coming up I think the other thing that people um, don't think is going to be uh, tricky, but often is, is uh, policing the visitors. And I think it's so lovely when you have a baby and lots of your friends want to come round and visit and family and, you know, meet the baby and hold the baby and congratulate you. And it's so well-meaning, but often it's sort of not really what the new mother needs. All of us are different. Well, especially if everyone descends on you in that sort of first day that you come home or even that first week when it's all a bit overwhelming. Um, so I think... Yeah, you're absolutely right. You need to, you know, visitors are great, but it's brilliant if they could be spaced out a bit, you know, and if you're, if you can encourage people to come, you know, week two or week three, when perhaps your partner's gone back to work and you're a bit, bit more lonely, um, that I think is probably better, isn't it? I mean, I some people so. you're not going to be able to keep away. <laughs> I think so. But I think at the same time, you need to put you and your baby's needs first. And so if you're, you know, if your aunt wants to come round, but it's just when you finish to feed and actually you're desperate to sleep, you have to just tell her that you have to take priority. And, and most people will understand, especially if they've had children. I'm always really mindful of going to see friends of mine who've, who've just had new babies, just because I am aware that, you know, sometimes you just need a bit of space. Also, think realistically in those early days you're going to be spending a lot of time feeding if you're breastfeeding that can be particularly tricky and you'll spend quite a lot of time trying to get the latch the baby on which means that your boobs are going to be out quite a lot and that's one thing if it's your mother or your sister sitting opposite you but if it's you know your father-in-law or you know your 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 husband's mate then that might be a little bit more uncomfortable for both of you you just want to make that first few weeks as easy as possible and I think just have the confidence to say to people you know what I would love to see you but could we maybe see you next week and could you maybe come at a time that's going to be convenient to me rather than you know I'm not saying that this is coming from anywhere but a really well-meaning place but I think especially for dads you need to sort of prioritize your your partner and baby's well-being these early days are such a sort of fog that you want to make life as easy as possible and as Kiara said speaking from experience two months in when all the fuss has died down and you know it's lovely hanging out with your baby but you're not having any conversations with them mm-hmm. it's so nice to have visitors and have someone come around for a cup of tea and a catch-up and you almost want those visitors to happen more then than in the early days yeah 
So in these early days, you will have a few routine visits. You're not sort of discharged from hospital and then sort of left to fend for yourself. You do have an amazing support network. Yeah, I think it is a really good support network, actually. And there's lots of resources for mothers who are needing a bit of extra help in those early days. So, yes, um, you're... You'll be discharged from the hospital and then you'll be sort of handed over to a team of, in England anyway, a team of community midwives who look after new mothers and babies in the community. Um, and they will come and see you at home, at your home usually, um, a f- a two, two, or, two or three times usually in the first 10 days. It slightly depends on where you live and what the policy is in your area, but um, they will certainly come at least once. Um, because uh, they, they, one of the things they do is carry out a quite important test on the baby called the heel prick test, where they take a tiny drop of blood from your baby's heel to send off to check for various conditions that need to be ruled out uh, of newborn babies. Um, but generally, when they come, they'll be you know they'll be chatting to you, checking you're doing okay, seeing how the feeding's going. Importantly, weighing the baby, making sure the baby's not losing too much weight uh, in the early days. Um, and they're a great resource um, to, to ask questions, to uh, reassure you if you're worried about anything. Yeah, they'll help you, you know, have so many questions, especially with regards to feeding. You know, if you've got any questions about nappies or, you know, is the kind of amount of poo or the color of poo I'm getting, is that is that normal? You can ask them that. If you have any concerns about any stitches that you might have, so if either from a cesarean scar or if you've got any stitches in the perineum and you're worried about them, do ask them to have a check. They are a lovely sort of... Uh, friendly resource full of information um they'll usually sort of tell you they're coming around at some point during the day they won't necessarily give you a time but it's based on the assumption that most new mothers you know in that first week certainly will be at home um and so you'll find that they're a really really useful resource and they'll continue really to support you uh, as you need and then yeah, they'll only discharge you and the baby once they're happy that everyone's so safe and well and and um they'll they can hand over care to other community midwives so if you say you're going to go home from the hospital to stay with your mother rather than at your home then they will send someone to to that address which is which is amazing really and then they will once they're happy that everyone's sort of well and thriving they'll hand over your care again this is in the UK to um, a health visitor who is attached to a a local surgery who'll usually come once to your home or arrange a meeting with you somewhere to talk you through all the different resources available to you um, locally with you know with your baby and they're and also a good, who, a good will it, who, who gives you the red book? Is it the, the that's usually the health? Work? No, the that's health usually visitor. the health visitor, um, and that again is UK based, but it's a record of your child's um, health uh, while they're while they're a child, and it's also a record of the vaccinations they have and that sort of thing. So, and that's worth um, keeping safe. That's definitely worth keeping safe. They don't reissue it, do they? No, or that it's very difficult to get it again if you lose it. Yeah, it's a good resource. That yeah. And what you'll find is that sort of slowly the weeks go by and you gradually drift into sort of adjusting to life with your new baby. Um, And it does become a bit easier, you know, that everything is new at the beginning. You know, your baby is learning to live outside the uterus. You are learning to look after and care for a new baby and adjust to the fact that, you know, they'll wake you up at night and sometimes you don't know why they're crying. You know, with the feeding, I think it's worth considering, you know, a new baby has never you know sucked milk or got food in this way before they're doing it for the first time and if you're a new mother then you're breastfeeding for the first time so everyone's learning everyone's learning it can take a bit of time and I think a lot of new mothers get frustrated that they haven't kind of immediately got I remember feeling that like why can I not breastfeed easily and it was intensely frustrating but I think if you sort of take a deep breath and think we've all got to get used to it we've all got to learn how to do it um 
it will sort of take a bit of pressure off and 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 most mothers do get there and within the community there are quite a lot of resources especially when it comes to feeding in fact we're going to do um the next uh, three episodes are on feeding so uh, listen in if you're if you're struggling with that and things do you know slowly start to um, change and your baby will hopefully start going for slightly longer periods uh, without needing a feed in the night and then you'll get the first smile usually around six weeks when your baby's about six weeks and it makes all those sleep nights worthwhile um, yeah, when your first baby... reactive smile you might well have had a smile in the early days but it's usually just sort of they've passed wind or something yeah, yeah that's true it's where you'll see a reactive you'll definitely know a reactive smile when you see it i.e. you smile at the baby and they smile back at you and it's so it's really important to engage with your baby right from the day you know day one talk to your baby you know like a little human being you know they respond even if they don't show it on the outside they respond to these cues uh, from parents and you know i think it's quite telling that you know a baby that is never smiled at will never smile um so they need that outside stimulus they need you as their parents to to be engaging with them right from day one talking singing chatting cuddling it's all so important it's such a booster when they start to be reactive isn't it when they start to recognize you and recognize things and they start making different sounds that aren't just sort of crying um and and you know around the sort of six week mark well even before that you know it's really important to take it easy in the first week certainly you know even two weeks um but after after that it is really nice to start getting out and about depending on how you're feeling because actually different women recover from labor and at different times in different time frames and um, while it's important not to push yourself too hard I think there comes a time when it gets a bit boring sort of hunkering down at home and you want to see other friends and you want to take your baby out yeah, and, and people often ask me is it safe to take my baby outside you know before before they've had their injections or, or when they're still only a few weeks old and the answer is yes absolutely you know your baby can have it's great for your baby to have fresh air it can be in the pram in your baby in your you know baby carrier that's absolutely no problem what you don't want to do is be taking the baby necessarily to big sort of crowded places or big social events where there are lots of people that it could potentially catch an infection from you but um but you know out for a walk in the park or going to get a coffee you know that's absolutely fine with your newborn it's and it feels very liberating to to take to take that first trip out and know oh, okay I can do this although you will feel like you're packing for a long-haul flight when you first did your first sort of day trip out with your baby you have to think of so many things to bring but uh, it gets easier um and it won't be long before you're just going out with a small bag. <laughs> and they don't need to be going to sort of baby play groups or anything at this Not stage. Not at this just stage, Just being no. out and, you know, especially if you've got one of those baby carriers that sort of sits on your sort of chest and they can sort of be outward facing when they've got a little bit more head control. And just, you know, just that visual stimulation is such excitement for them. And, and also the sounds that they'll be experiencing. It's a really important part of their development. But you'll also find that days that you've sort of been active and they've been stimulated visually, they'll be much more tired. So good way to good way to tie your baby out. And as, as Kiara said, you know, hopefully the, they should start slowly sleeping longer periods in, at night um, and giving you a little bit more time to rest. Yeah, exactly. And then once they're sort of three, four months or so, you probably want to start taking them to some little play groups or sing alongs or there's often things going on in the library. And there's all sorts of resources out there for, for parents um, of new, you know, of, you know, new parents. There's a brilliant app, actually, that we uh, discovered uh, recently uh, called Hoop. Is it just London at the moment? It might just be London at the moment. Uh, I know. I think it's. I think it might be national. Um, and you type in your postcode, your baby's age, and it gives you all the appropriate things to do with your baby. Age uh, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So all the different. If you've got a three-month-old, the music classes, all the sing-alongs, all the 
read you know library reading that sort of thing um yeah it's really it's really good actually and it's nice to socialize with other mums you know just to be able yeah. to feel a little less isolated i think isolation is one of the big things well again there's some coping. great apps for that that um that you know are out now which weren't even there when when we were having our babies i think is that is mush one of them yeah um and peanut is another peanut, yeah and so if you if you don't Tinder have a, for new mums it's how it's been <laughs> described if you don't have a, a network of other mothers um with children of the same age that can be a lifesaver i think a bit of a lifeline just being able to have a chat with someone who's basically going through the same thing at the same time as you um can be quite reassuring quite liberating <laughs> you know knowing you're not the only one up in the night and one of the things you'll probably discuss certainly with your kind of good group of friends if you've had a sort of antenatal group you've got to know well during your pregnancy uh, one of the things that they always say they talk about like when do you have sex again um yeah, and i think this is a burning question people often want to know what sort of normal and when well, people don't ask it. it's one of those questions again that people just don't ask don't talk about they're even embarrassed to ask their doctor so um but yes normal uh, is basically usually around six weeks so you know bearing in mind that you're usually bleeding for you know up to six weeks and it will all still be a bit sore and to be honest it'll probably be the last thing on your mind uh, with the sort of sleep deprivation and, and looking after your baby but for most couples it's around the six week mark um, and uh, it shouldn't be painful should it shouldn't be painful you know it's um, it might be a little bit uncomfortable the first time or a few, few times but it shouldn't be painful going forward and if it is definitely go and see your doctor about it it's something that they'll discuss um, when they you have should. your six week yeah, check yeah they should when you have your six week check your doctor should ask if you know how you know how that is and talk to you about contraception which of course as soon as you start having sex again is very important um, because you can get pregnant again even if you're breastfeeding even if you haven't had your period back uh, you can get pregnant so um, think about contraception discuss it at six weeks with your doctor and uh, and um, well unless you want to get pregnant straight away again of course (laughs) exactly um, well, hopefully that's given you a little bit of an insight into the first um, few weeks of motherhood. This series is packed full of sort of relevant topics and interesting things that hopefully should help you during the stage, which it isn't easy. It really is. I think every mother, however good their baby, however well prepared they are, struggles in this, this early period. So that's why we've created this podcast. So do listen to the rest of the, the series of, of the first year if you're in this um you can also get more information uh by following us on instagram we're at theparent.hood um you can even make suggestions for future recordings there if that's what you want if they think there's something that we've missed out or glossed over or you'd like to know more about please let us know but in the meantime thanks for listening <laughs>